Please turn in your Old Testaments to Genesis 32, 22 through 32. Genesis 22, 32, excuse me, 32, 22 through 32. That's a lot of twos, isn't it? And this is the Word of God. The same night he arose and took his two wives, his two female servants, and his eleven children, and crossed the ford of the Jabbok River. He took them and sent them across the stream with everything else that he had, and Jacob was left alone. And a man wrestled with him until the breaking of the day. And when the man saw that he did not prevail against Jacob, he touched his hip socket, and Jacob's hip was put out of joint as he wrestled with him. And then Jacob said, let me, then the man said, let me go for the day has broken. But Jacob said, I will not let you go unless you bless me. And he said to him, what is your name? And he said, Jacob. And then he said, you shall no longer be called Jacob, but Israel. For you have striven with God and with man and you have prevailed. And then Jacob asked him, please tell me your name. But he said, Why is it that you ask my name? And there he blessed him. So Jacob called the name of the place Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and yet my life has been delivered. The sun rose upon him as he passed Peniel, limping because of his hip. And therefore to this day the people of Israel do not eat the sinew of the thigh that is on the hip socket, because he touched the socket of Jacob's hip on the sinew of the thigh. I don't like how my life gets thrown out of joint. Uh, I, I don't, we simply don't like things that are beyond our control, right? And you know, the bad news is when we read the Bible... We have to come to the place of acknowledging that only God is in control. That finally we don't control our lives. In fact, if if we think we have control over all of our lives and try to assert that control, it only makes things worse. So, why do things have to be so hard? Why do they have to be so hard? Why does life so often have to feel like wrestling. You know what I mean? It's hard. It feels like wrestling. Well, it's because of two things. It's because we live in a fallen world and people are sinners. And it's because God is wonderfully not passive. But He is actively loving us in our lives. In a fallen world, bad things are happening. uh, Things that aren't happy, and God is allowing these things into our lives. You need to understand that. And He's disallowing other things into our lives, right? We're a lot better off. We're a lot more happy with the disallowing than the allowing. But He's allowing, and He's disallowing. He is very active. And and, and He's doing all of this in the midst of this this struggling fallen world, in the midst of our own struggle, to, to work in our lives that which is good. To work in our lives that which would bring glory to Him and really bring us the the highest good. And you know, any other view of life really 
kind of leaves your life up to the capriciousness and cruelty of chance or where you fit and fall in a game of power. Unless God is in control, unless God is active. Then it just devolves down to capriciousness. It devolves down to a game of power, doesn't it? Personally, I would much rather struggle and wrestle for a divine purpose. That is love and goodness to me and and for the people I love and for His church. Have you ever noticed that God has a way, if if you've walked with God for a little while, He has a way of kind of seriously helping us cry out to Him, of renewing that need. To, to cry out to Him, and, and we become so selfishly lethargic. I mean, that is kind of a natural bent. We become that, that this selfishly lethargic in our spiritual lives. We become, whether it's pronounced or whether it's just kind of under the surface or whether it's just doing the next thing by impulse, uh, we, we become determined to do our own thing, don't we? And what does God do? God is active. God moves in some ways. He's mysterious. We don't understand it all. Just when we begin to think that we can run our own lives, just when we think we can make it be what we want to do, make our own rules, God allows some overwhelming challenge to come into our lives. And and we have to react to it. And in those times, as bad as they are, we are not up to the challenge And we remember how much we need Him. And uh, we remember as we are humbled and we call upon Him again. Isn't that the story of the whole Old Testament? You know, God blesses His people and then they get lethargic and selfishly so. Then they do their own thing. Then they worship other gods. They go after their own happiness to find their own lives. And then God brings the pressure Finally, they are humbled. Finally, they call out to God again. Then they are brought back together in reconciliation with the Lord. And this cycle goes on and on, doesn't it? And that's the story of our lives as well. Living into focus, that's the name of our series. Living into focus this morning is to realize that God's sovereign grace is both overwhelming at times and overcoming, thankfully. Overcoming. And it leads to wonderful change in our lives. Now, Jacob was a man who could always talk his way in and out of everything. Jacob was clever. Jacob was cunning. Jacob was charming. Jacob was sneaky. In fact, his name means deceiver. His name means the the supplanter. Now, if if you've named a child Jacob, don't worry. His name becomes great and is the name of Jacob, the God of Jacob. So, Don't regret if your name is Jacob or you've named a child Jacob. It's a good name because it's about God's overwhelming and and God's overcoming in the life of this man, you see. That's why it's a good name. He had cheated his brother Esau right out of his birthright, you know, firstborn birthright. I mean, this is like you don't go outside this box. This is horrendous to cheat the older brother out of his birthright. He cheated his father... Isaac, out of giving the birthright correctly. And God is sovereign over all these things as well. And into this man's life, if you 
maybe read the, the life of Jacob, he just brings challenge after challenge after challenge, and Jacob just keeps on being clever and cunning. And finally, finally, he gets narrowed down with God, and Jacob is going to become somebody a little different than he's been because of God's pressure, overwhelming, finally overcoming, and there's going to be beautiful change in his life. So God comes to wrestle with Jacob. The unfolding story of God's wrestling gives us a picture similar of, of what God often does in our lives. Just two things. He, he, he overwhelms us when we're just running our game and running our lives. And thankfully, He overcomes us. First of all, is he, he just overwhelms us. In verse 22, He sends His family across the Jabbok River and everything He has. It says that Jacob was left alone. And, and Jacob is overwhelmed this night by two things. He, he, controlling his own life wasn't working out too well at this point for Jacob. Uh, in our text, the brother that he had cheated, Esau, whom he hadn't seen in a long time, Esau had become this wealthy, powerful man and he had gotten word, Jacob, you know, Jacob and all his like uh, Bedouin style sheep herders, goat herders, not military people. Here comes Esau with 400 men on horseback. Whoa. And Jacob is saying in his heart, game's over. I'm talking about Esau, the big, hairy, brawny man's man who will kick your rear end, wants revenge. That's coming. He sends his family across the river. He divides his whole thing, group in two. He, he knows he doesn't have a chance. At least so half of them could escape the wrath of Esau. So now Jacob is alone. And he is utterly overwhelmed with his circumstances. He is not in control at this moment. And now out of love, Jacob is being backed into a corner by God. Have you ever felt like that? It's time to stop playing your game. It's time to admit you can't make the rules. It only hurts you. You can't finally control your life and do business with God because God's coming to do business with you. Now, God gets Jacob right where he wants him and he has no problem getting us right where he wants us. Because he loves us. And God reaches out literally and grabs Jacob. That's what we read in verse 24. Jacob was left alone and a man came and grabbed him and wrestled with him until daybreak. <laughs> we find out that, that he's wrestling with God himself. And God's going to let him wrestle for a long time before God just goes, boom. <laughs> James Montgomery Boyce sets this context well. I love this. Nights are dark in the desert. Jacob is alone. He is quiet. The night is hushed. Jacob is looking around. He looks backward, forward. He looks to the right and to the left. He looks upward to the stars. Suddenly, out of the darkness, a hand seizes Jacob. Who is it? He thinks. <laughs> is, it, is it a desert bandit? Is it an assassin sent by his brother Esau? In a moment, Jacob found himself in hand-to-hand -hand combat, wrestling wildly 
because his life depended upon it. In the Old Testament, when we see the designation, the angel of the Lord, which is exactly what is described here, an angel of the Lord comes, uh, that is typically a designation for God himself, or at least a representation of God. It's called a theophany, the big $10 word, meaning a, a representation of God. Some people think this is Jesus, like a pre-incarnate. We don't know that, but we know God has Jacob right where he wants him. God grabs Jacob. And now he's not only overwhelmed by his circumstances, now he's got two arms and two legs and, and a body full of God in a wrestling match. Verse Jacob, excuse me, verse 30. Jacob called the place Peniel because, quote, I saw God face to face and my life was spared. And so God has come to Jacob with a purpose. You need, we need to understand, don't we, that th this pressure that comes in our lives, it, it's okay. God is sovereign. God allows things. He disallows things. God grabs us in the dark for a purpose. He is the heavyweight champion of the world and He has come to lay hands on you and hold of you because He loves you and He loves me. And for Jacob, this was intense. I mean, don't you understand? This thing was over from the beginning if God didn't allow Jacob to wrestle all night long. All night long! I remember, I'll never forget when, when my um, next-door neighbor... Uh, growing up in Quincy, Florida, his, his dad, there were three boys, and they were really rambunctious. I was kind of the same age as the oldest one. And he, brought, he bought a, a pair of boxing gloves. And he brought out the brand-new boxing gloves, and, and we pulled out, you know, those old metal chairs in the yard that kind of are like springs? We cleared all those away. It was in the side yard, kind of where the good grass was. Is in the side yard, and we put a, made a boxing ring with string, and anybody that wanted to box and wrestle could do so. I mean, this is cool. Adult supervised boxing. I mean, it just doesn't get any better than that. And so we kind of paired up, and he kind of tried to put, you know, not like big kids with little kids and that that type of thing. Um, and and the and we had some matches, and, and we had rounds. You know, like ding is the beginning of the round. Do you know how long a boxing round is? A boxing round, uh, for this age group at least, is two minutes. A wrestling, wrestling is six minutes. I had no clue what incredible energy expenditure is in two minutes, particularly if somebody doesn't know how to box. Just wild, you know. <laughs> and even more so is six minutes of wrestling. Until the, until the bell, so to speak. And I, I, I remember that and how that felt. And I look at Jacob and I'm thinking, no wonder that he's overwhelmed. He's wrestling with God all night long. God is allowing this to go on all night long because it took strong, prolonged activity from God before Jacob changed. And that's exactly the way it is in my life sometimes. Sometimes God could change us in a minute, couldn't He? But usually he, he, it's prolonged activity. It's pressure over time. Sometimes God has to turn up the heat because sin in our heart hangs on. Rebellion just hunkers down. Self refuses to give up. My plans don't care about God's plans. Don't let go very easy. But God won't let, He will not give up. 
He will not give up. God, and I'm going to tell you, He always wins. You can write it down. He always wins. And it's always for our good. I remember the first time, I, I've told you all this before, but I, I want to say it again. The first time I ever went to, to talk to somebody in a counselor's office was at RTS here. It was the free counseling, the practicing of the students. And so students could give free counseling. It's kind of scary to go uh, have your first experience in a counselor's office be uh, someone who's practicing for the first time, you know. But I, I had something just really on my heart, and I had some really significant pressure in my life. So I went in to, to talk with, uh, you know, one of my peers about my life. But you know, the thing that really changed my life wasn't really what happened behind the closed door. It was, it was what happened in the waiting room. So I'm sitting there in the waiting room, and I'm real nervous because I never, you know, I come from a family where you just don't talk. You know, you don't talk. And so I'm not sure if I'm going to you know, want to talk. In fact, the counselor said, tell me what's up. I'm like, I don't know if I can talk. Why are you here? I mean, the whole nine yards, you know. But in the waiting room, I grabbed, they had a Bible on the coffee table. I grabbed the, table, I grabbed the, uh, the Bible, and I was just flipping around. And, and one of my favorite chapters of the Bible is Psalm 119. So I was reading different parts of Psalm 119. When my eyes uh, suddenly lit upon Psalm 119.71. It's what I read in the waiting room. It was good for me to be afflicted so that I might learn your commands. Okay. Four verses later. Psalm 119.75. I know, O Lord, that your laws are righteous. In faithfulness you have afflicted me. Can I just say that again? In faithfulness you have afflicted me. Me. And suddenly, before I ever stepped into the office, I saw the big picture. God was overwhelming my life for a good purpose? Yes. And there needed to be change. So first, God overwhelms us. The circumstances, God wrestles, He brings prolonged pressure. But you know, it's just not prolonged pressure in this thing. God just overcomes Jacob. That's the second thing. God overcomes us. He overwhelms us to the point that we realize we can't make it without him. And I love the old Scottish divine Alexander McLaren and what he says in this. He says, in the moment of his greatest weakness in the wrestling match, Jacob made a discovery, a great discovery. He found that when he could not wrestle, this is so beautiful, he found that when he could not wrestle anymore, he could cling can't wrestle anymore with God, and so I'm going to hold on to it. And I'm going to cling to Him. Jacob realizes that this was God. And then he hears a horrifying sound. And it is the popping sound of God's grace. As he hears his hip pop out of joint. And at that moment, all the prolonged wrestling that God is allowing, all the aggressiveness and fighting back against God is over. And Jacob is suddenly, easily overcome by God. How do we know? Because it says God touched his hip and Boom! 
pop. And so Jacob just hangs on. McLaren says again, helpless, now lame and ready to fall. Jacob can but cling with desperate tenacity to the very being who has wounded him so deeply. He not only clings to God, we learn in the passage that he knows he needs the favor of this crushing God. I I won't let you go, he says, unless you bless me. Meaning, my answers have to come from you. I see that now. That's a big moment in Jacob's life where he quits being cunning, he quits running his games, he quits trying to spin all his plates, and he holds on to God and says, please, will you tell me? Because my answers have to come from you. And his thoughts shift exclusively to the mercy of God. Exclusively to God's blessing. And God could have just easily finished off Jacob in a moment. But you know, from the start, all God was ever interested in in grabbing Jacob in the dark was to change him. And all God was ever interested in was to bring that blessing that came with that change. Do you believe that? See, either God's good or He's not good. He's good. And He's sovereign. And He is the heavyweight champion of the cosmos. And He loves us. Robert Candlish puts it this way, What a wonderful thing to begin by struggling with an adversary only to discover that you are in the embrace of the one who loves you. This is actually not just wrestling, he says. This is embrace. That melts my heart. Because see, I'm that guy, right? You're that gal. You're, you're that guy. We're the ones that are trying to do all this. We're the ones just trying so hard to do what we want to do. Make it happen. Make the rules. And, you know, we'll be Christians, but it's going to be this way. And we're just going to get upset when it's not our way. And, and, and every, there's fallout all around. And God is just brings that pressure. He's wrestling with us. And, you know, He overwhelms us. And, and finally, He overcomes us. And what we find is that this God that we're wrestling with, He doesn't just do away with us. He doesn't just punish us. He embraces us. But He has to overcome us very often for us to cling to Him. Verse 25, when a man saw he could not prevail against Jacob, he touched, just touched the hip socket and Jacob's hip was put out of joint. Verse 31, the sun rose upon him as he passed past Peniel, limping because of his hip. God applies pressure in my life and your life. I want you to know that snapping sound you're going to hear, you're going to hear it. If we persist in running our own lives apart from walking with a loving God, you're going to hear it. That snapping sound is none other than the sound of God's grace in your life. We're told that the shepherds of old, when the sheep would keep wandering away, and it's a habit, we could break the legs of that sheep, put that sheep on the shoulders. Bring that sheep back into the fold with broken legs. Those legs would heal and that sheep would stay close to the shepherd. 
from then on and be cared for and loved. That pressure in your life, it presents an opportunity to turn to God. That snapping sound in your life, it is not the sound of divine ill will. It is the sound of God's love applied forcefully for a holy purpose. You believe that? It's true. Anything else is just everything left to chance and power. It's just dog-eat-dog. Who can outmaneuver anybody else? Is that really the kind of world you want to live in? Is that really the kind of life you want to live? I don't think it is. It's not for me. As Jacob-like as I can be in my own heart. God overwhelms us to finally overcome us, to change us for our good in His glory. This is kind of like a, the, an Old Testament version of Romans 8.28, right? That, that, that we know for, that, that those who love God, for those who love God, all things are working together for the good um, of those who love Him and are called according to His purpose. So God overwhelms, God finally overcomes, and then lastly, all the pain here leads to a new name. It's kind of cool that it doesn't just end there. So Jacob called the place, verse 30, Peniel, saying, For I have seen God face to face, and, and yet my life has been delivered. If Jacob were to like get on the internet and create a t-shirt out of this experience at Peniel, he would not, it would not say, I met God at Peniel and I overcame. Now, it would probably say something like this, I survived Penny Hill. <laughs> but if it was theologically accurate, I mean, if, if it reflected the real truth underlying this, that t-shirt would say, God won in my life and changed me at Penny Hill. Jacob was changed there and he was touched and he limped the rest of his life, but he was given... A new name, and the new name was Israel. You ever wonder what the word Israel means? I mean, we've got a lot of in the Israel in the news right now. Israel just means wrestles, means strives with God. The one who strives with God, the one who wrestles with God, that's all it means. Verse 28, the man said, your name will no longer be Jacob, but it will be Israel. Because you have struggled, and then the twelve tribes of Israel, that's why we call it Israel. Because you have struggled with God, because that's what Israel means. And, you, and men, and you have overcome. James Montgomery Boyce says that when you compare it to other names given by God in the Bible, you find something very different. That, that just looking at Israel as meaning the one who wrestles with God kind of misses the point of why God is giving him the name. And, and the point is, is that other names are given to people in the Old Testament centered on God's activity. You know, even places, Bethel, this is where the house of God, this is where God met me. Peniel, this is where this happened. So, from that angle, we have to look at the one who wrestles with God basically as meaning this. The one who wrestles with God and God is victorious. The one who struggles, but God wins. That's kind of what Israel means, you see. It means we struggle, but God wins because we're His people and He loves us so very much. What a name. God wins. And you know, when, when God wins, we win. And when God wins, the people in our lives that we love win. And when God wins, the church 
Jesus' bride wins. And I want you to know that God not only allows this pressure, God is actually with you in the pressure. Nobody understands pressure like Jesus, who underwent pressure beyond anything you and I will ever have to bear for you. So much pressure that he sweat blood in the garden. So much pressure that Satan threw all hell at him on our behalf at the cross. And so you say, man, I'm not sure I like this sermon. There's going to be a snapping sound in my life. Let me tell you something. There will be. There will be, I assure you. As As surely as I'm standing here, the Word of God says there will be. But it will be from someone who not only loves you, but who will actually love you in the pressure. Because he knows what that pressure is like. The fact is, is that in the wrestling, we are changed. He overwhelms us. He overcomes us. He changes us. This could be a long process. And we get a new name. And it sounds a lot like grace. God wins for you. Let's pray. Lord, Would you cause us in our lives to throw down this mad vision of controlling our lives? Would you cause us in our lives to quit making the rules that only move us into hurt? Lord, would you cause us to lay down the exhaustion of trying to control and give us the peace of your grace Lord, would you help us to cling to you in the pressure and not keep fighting you? And would you bring blessing and change, rest and nearness and joy through this relationship that you've given us with you? In Jesus' name, amen.